0: Change Jack True Crime Podcast Parody
1: Welcome to Injustice 101 Episode 38 Jack versus Twitter Today we'll meet Jack, a well-known, well-respected podcaster who's been producing content with his son Jay for just over 16 years. They had so much success with their first podcast that they built it into a network of several other hits, covering Survivor, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, and many others. That network is still going strong, and both Jack and Jay have branched out, separately, to become popular YouTube personalities. Jack even had a clip from one of his YouTube videos shared by Joe Rogan, who has over 11 million subscribers. Now Jack feels that his reputation, and maybe his growing YouTube brand, has been unjustly impacted by the social media giant Twitter. It seems Jack recently posted a tweet that caught the attention of the Twitter censors.
2: And that got me banned for life.
1: That was Jack as he broke the news to his co-hosts on the Ramblecast After Dark podcast. To understand Jack's position in his battle with Twitter, we have to take a quick look at his history, both personal and, as most people have come to know Jack, as a podcaster. Jack was born in Pennsylvania in the early 1960s, but his family soon moved to Southern California, San Diego to be exact. As far as we know, he was your average American boy. He went to school, rode his bike all over the neighborhood with his friends, spent time at the beach, he played Little League a catcher, and became a big fan of the Padres. He was also a huge Chargers fan. More on that later. Jack took up hockey, fell in love with a figure skater, Cindy. They got married, and together they started a family. Jack ran his own small business for a while, a UPS store. But at some point, Jack and Cindy picked up and moved east to North Carolina, where they were both hired to help run an iceplex. Cindy was the manager, and Jack did almost everything else from stocking the vending machines to driving the Zamboni. Then, in September of 2004, Jack's whole world changed. On September 22, 2004, ABC premiered the TV show Lost. Jack and his entire family, especially his son Jay, became enamored with it. Jay was already into Apple computers and the internet, which had been growing exponentially in popularity and access since the late 1990s. Around this time, Jay also became aware of this new thing called podcasting, and he had an idea. What if he could get his dad to join him on a podcast of their own about Lost?
3: For some reason, I had a subscription to USA Today, and in, I think it was that summer, summer of 05, they had an article about this new thing called podcasting. It's like a blog, but it's an audio blog. This is so cool. I really want to do something with Jack, who's, who's my dad. I always thought he was a really funny personality, so I was like, we need to do something with you, like, on the forefront.
1: That's from an interview IGN did with Jay and Jack for their documentary, How Lost Changed TV Fandom Forever a full decade after the Lost series finale. It was posted on YouTube September 22nd, 2021. Jay and Jack had come a long way from their very first Lost podcast, which debuted October 2nd, 2005.
3: Hello and welcome to the Lost podcast with Jay and Jack. Today is the first episode. My name is Jay and the next person next to me, his name is Jack. Why don't you say hi, Jack? Hey, hi, Jack. What? I didn't didn't mean that in particular, but uh, I guess that's okay. Uh, This show is dedicated to the show Lost... And uh, I guess like most of you guys that are listening, we're all pretty addicted to it. Don't you think we're addicted to it, Jack?
2: I just wish to show it in so I get my life back.
3: Well, you didn't really have a life to begin with, didn't That's you? true. I am married. Exactly. All right. A lot of things have happened this season. This is a new- By
1: episode two, they had opening theme music. And the very next year, they had a podcast awards nomination. Two nominations and one win in 2007. And still another nomination in 2008. They became good friends with Jorge Garcia, who played Hurley and he joined them several times during their many annual 24-hour podcast marathon, Raising Money for Autism Speaks, as did showrunner Damon Lindelof. And they were even given press access to the Lost Season 6 premiere on the beach in Hawaii.
3: All right, everybody, we are here at the red carpet at the Lost Sunset on the Beach. Jack, are you excited? I'm excited. I can't wait.
2: I really am excited. I can't wait.
1: (laughs) Garcia even joined them on their series finale wrap-up show, there's a major loss spoiler coming up. Skip ahead 35 seconds if you want to avoid that.
3: Hello and welcome to Lost Podcast with Jay and Jack. My name is Jay. I'm number two. And I'm the new number one. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Let's welcome to the show, uh, Jorge Garcia, who, well, Hurley is now the new protector of the island. I mean, it's a big deal. So, like, how do you feel? You're a fan of the show. What do you feel about Hurley being the new number one?
4: They actually came to my house to videotape me reading the finale script for like the DVD extras.
1: Jay and Jack's Lost podcast always included one feature that is really at the crux of Jack's current battle with Twitter. Each week he would share a theory about Lost, usually based on what was revealed during the latest episode, but not always. This segment was called Jack's Crackpot Theory.
3: All right, now it's time for Jack's Crackpot Theory of the Week. Are you ready for this, Jack? I am so ready. And
2: All right. This this is going to be, I would say, the crackiest crackpot theory <laughs> okay.
3: I've ever had. If that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? Uh, Not
2: really, but do it's, you ever? It's, it's
3: late. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, well, let me get uh, my drum drumming hands ready. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so we had a great episode today.
2: Yes. The Economist. See. Where we see Saeed working with Ben.
3: Mm-hmm huge huge reveal huge reveal I was almost ready to It
1: became very popular with the listeners who were invited to send or call in with theories of their own This led to a nickname for Jack Crackpot Jack which was a logical handle for Jack's initial Twitter account the account at the center of our investigation I reached out to Jack and told him a fan of his had contacted us about his troubles with Twitter and that we were interested in hearing his side of the story He invited us down to his home for an interview Thanks for inviting us down, Jack. Why don't we start with you explaining the tweet that got you banned?
2: I don't know if you remember Dave Stewart, pitch for the, was a pitcher for the Oakland A's, Dodgers. All these, he was a pitching coach for the Padres back in the '90s when they had, went to the World Series and stuff. He never smiled, dude. He just would sit there like this. And go.
1: Jack is giving us his impression of a fiercely intense Dave Stewart. Quite scary, actually.
2: And then we'd go out to the pitch he'd go out to the mound to talk to the pitchers. We'd always, people would say, What do you think he's saying? Throw strikes or I'll kill you. That's what I tweeted. And that got me banned for life.
1: Did you happen to put quotes around the or I will kill you phrase?
2: No, I didn't put quotes around it.
1: I see where your comment could be misconstrued. I sometimes struggle with punctuation myself.
2: It's something that I used to say all the time. Still It's just a comment. This was not me telling someone that I'm gonna kill them.
1: Right. Okay. So what did you do after you realized that you had been banned?
2: I sent a letter to uh, Jack, the CEO of Twitter.
1: Can you tell us about that?
2: I said, okay, I could see, give me 24 hours or a warning. 11 plus years of being on Twitter, never been reported, never done anything sexist, violent, racist. I've never called people names and attacked people. I could understand that I used the word kill and, okay... I, won't, I you know, I understand now I can't do that even though it was in a different way of what you're thinking it was. I go, but still, I mean, it's not like I have a long list of people reporting me over 11 years.
1: I told Jack that I thought that sounded like a reasonable argument and asked what had happened after Twitter realized the context of the tweet.
2: Yeah, they keep sending me something back saying we've, we've reviewed it and your ban remains.
1: That probably wasn't what you wanted to hear. I imagine you sent some kind of response.
2: Now, I've gone back and forth with it, and now I'm not being nice. I said, Christy Teigen can literally tell someone to go kill themselves. Allegedly. And bully other people. She still has an account.
1: I should interject here that we did research Jack's comments, and from news reports, Teigen did not dispute claims that she made life-ending statements in direct messages, but never outright admitted it, thus the allegedly we inserted. She did apologize publicly for bullying.
2: And I I was naming all these different people that have done things that are just terrible things. I go, this congresswoman basically saying the vaccines are killing people, and yet she still has an account. She got suspended for seven days.
1: Are you becoming discouraged to the point of giving up?
2: I'm still working on it.
1: What are some of the things you have in mind?
2: I'm starting to make a list of people who are bad people that are on Twitter. Hmm. First one, I'll just go with the big one. The Taliban. Oh, my. The Taliban can have a Twitter account, but I can't. OJ Simpson has a Twitter account. I don't.
1: I imagine there are more than enough examples.
2: If you're listening out here and you know someone that shouldn't be on Twitter, that is on Twitter, send me, can't send it to me on Twitter, but send it to me if you follow me on Facebook.
1: So they can direct message you on Facebook. Jack, can you tell us how this banning has affected you directly? Has it actually had an impact on your brand?
2: I have people now sending me things on Instagram, Facebook. What happened to your Twitter account? I tell them, they go, that's just bullshit. I go, I know. And like I said, my Crackpot Sports one got banned. I go, I didn't even like that tweet or retweet that tweet.
1: So they've locked two accounts. Do you have any others that you can use?
2: I still have Crazy Hank TV.
1: Crazy and Crackpot. A similar vibe, but as a brand, totally different.
2: Exactly. In fact, I really don't mess Twitter. It's just a matter of principle now.
1: Thanks again for speaking with us, Jack. Is there anything else you'd like to say to your
2: fans? You can start a campaign, Get Jack Back on Twitter.
1: It's easy to understand why Jack is so upset about being banned, whether or not his brand is being adversely affected. No one likes to be misunderstood, especially when a simple conversation would be enough to clear things up. Is Jack a cyberbully, or simply filled with passion for his sports teams with a colorful talent for expressing that passion? We reached out to the people who probably know Jack better than anyone, other than his wife and children, his podcast co hosts on the Ramblecast After Dark, also known as the RCAD. I contacted RCAD podcast producer and co host, Matt, and he was kind enough to arrange an online meeting for us with him and his other co hosts, Chris and Nick. Thank you, Matt, for arranging this, and thanks to all of you for speaking with us. I'd like to start off by asking how you first found out that Jack, specifically Crackpot Jack, had been banned from Twitter.
0: Well, we first heard about it because he wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Really. <laughs> he, he was the
5: first to tell us. Yeah, you're right. I felt like I had oh, already... I'm sorry, is it. this podcast explicit or no?
1: It's completely explicit.
5: Yeah, I, I think that we first heard Jack just before we hit record, you know, like on one yeah. on the RC part, He just kind of said like, hey guys, you're never going to believe this. You know, I'm banned. And we were like, what?! You know what, though? What's actually funny.
4: I,
0: I realized it because I wasn't getting a, a, a play-by-play on Monday Night Football. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and what was your reaction to the news? I think my first reaction was like, yeah, okay.
0: My first reaction was like, it's about time, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> Thank you, Jack Dorsey, for doing the right thing.
1: And how about Jack? How would you describe his emotions as you all discussed this?
5: Anger. I think he was his he typical was, grumpy self. He was an uh, angry little elf, actually. Yeah, I think that whole podcast was probably like a recap of the old podcast, Jack's Rants, you know, because it was just a rant of Jack, you know, how this is unfair and like, what did he do wrong? And then, of course, we, in our
4: typical fashion, we give him crap for not putting it in quotes because like, yeah. it should have been put in quotes. If I remember the discussion that ensued, it was more like he was trying to convince him how he'd been wrong. Well, because he was saying, like, the whole thing was like,
0: can you believe this? Can you believe this? And we're we're like, Jack, what did you tweet? And he read the tweet.
5: tweet. And I was like, yeah, dude, (laughs) you can't say that.
1: With all that you know now, do you think Twitter should reinstate Jack's Crackpot Jack account?
5: I think all three of us think he should be reinstated uh, because, I mean, it was innocent. But the thing is that Twitter doesn't know that. I mean, there's no way that he's going to be able to convince them because he literally said, I will kill you.
0: I'll take what seems to be the unpopular opinion in this whole thing. I think Twitter is a better place without him. If you think about it, I haven't gone on a Twitter and had to read any complaining from Jack.
1: Interesting. So you think Twitter should maintain the ban? Kind of.
0: Crackpot Jack used to be all over my feeds, man. And like It was just like, oh, my God, I don't want to unfollow him dang. because he's like my friend and all. <laughs> but like, like Jack Dorsey may or may not have done us all a favor.
1: As an aside, we heard that Crackpot Jack seems to be famous for, or should I say infamous for, an unusual type tweet during football games, especially the Super Bowl. Won't you be missing those?
3: We mentioned that
0: before. Unanimously, uh, no. (laughs) We're not going to
4: miss it at all. This this Super Bowl is actually going to be my favorite because I'm not going to have to see him completely saying catch, throw, kick, Good call. Run. Oh, like, yeah. I mean,
5: yeah, but it, I mean, it was so it's so bad. His commentary that we, you know, we even made a game. Like, did Jack tweet this or not? Because right? you don't know. And she's like, what yeah. does it mean? You don't know. I mean, so it's kind of comedic gold, but then it's also, is it also the ramblings of an old man? It's I don't know. It's comedic
4: fools gold. Nick, yeah, you know it. <laughs>
5: um,
4: no, I'm not going to miss uh, the Super Bowl tweets. I will miss his commercial Super Bowl tweets, though. So. I just wish he could let go of this this hatred towards Spanos. It's like it's so deep in him that how how could he ever separate the team and Spanos unless something were to happen to Spanos? Like, hasn't he said that before? Like, I'll be a Chargers fan when that owner isn't part of it anymore.
1: We'll get back to the co-hosts of the RCAD in a moment. We mentioned earlier in the podcast that Jack was a huge Chargers fan growing up. But over the years, he increasingly became upset over many of the actions team owner Dean Spanos made in the course of running the franchise, especially when he moved the team to Los Angeles. And he wasn't afraid to voice those opinions on his podcasts.
0: On behalf of sports fans everywhere, I am sorry for the plight that you guys are now going through.
2: A couple of people sent me Twitter messages <laughs> and stuff like that. Ha LA Chargers. Why don't you say ha your dog died? I mean, I don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Come on. Why, why do you have to be such a dick? What kills me is people going, oh, I can't believe how bad their PR has been this week. That's been them since day one, saying yeah. the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. But what kills me more than anything is John Pagano, the defensive coordinator. You know how he found out he didn't have a job anymore? Oh, Social network. Stop it. I swear to God. He found out on social media that he was, fuck you, Spanos, that he was no longer had a job. That's how they operate. That's, That's fucking operate. terrible. He was there for 15 fucking years.
1: Now back to my talk with Matt, Chris, and Nick. About Dean Spanos, though Jack's banishment from Twitter had to do with the San Diego Padres, it's obvious he's not a big fan of the Chargers owner. Let's discuss that if we can. Doesn't it make sense that Jack, growing up in San Diego, would be a huge fan of most of the pro and college teams there, and therefore hold strong opinions about their coaches and management?
4: Are there any other San Diego teams that he really Still identifies with because he's lost everything. I mean, the only thing he's got left is like Aztec's basketball team, right?
5: You look at Jack's fandom. I mean, the question here, you know, that you're asking about us, you know, is to describe his fandom. His fandom is almost cult-like. I mean, his entire room is Agreed. covered in Chargers memorabilia. Yeah, did you ever see that movie with Robert De Niro and uh, Wesley Snipes, The Fan, where like you know that's Jack? Oh.
1: What do you think about Jack and his comments about Dean Spanos? Are they simply, for lack of a better word, the ravings of a Chargers fanatic? I mean, that's where the term fan comes from. Or are they something else?
5: I always thought of them as threats, to tell you the truth. There's not a week that goes by that Jack does not say F Dean Spanos. Now, you know, F Dean Spanos can be taken as anything. It could be fun Dean Spanos, you know, fanny Dean Spanos. But we all knew what Jack was saying.
0: I always thought it was really unnecessarily aggressive especially come from Jack. You know, I was just like, man, like what like what's what's this like this vitriol that he and
4: has? The team is dead to him, so it's yeah. almost like maybe he is still hurting on the inside. Yeah, maybe he's grieving. We just
5: don't know. That's Dude, that true. makes so much
4: sense. Yeah. It's huh.
1: Well, it sounds like you all just came to the realization that Jack's emotional pain may be the source of his aggressive tweets and comments. If that's true, doesn't that take some of the punch out of his tweets concerning Dean Spanos? Matt, I'm giving you the last word.
4: Jack's opinions about Dean Spanos never crossed the line as threats.
1: (laughs) Jack's laundry list of complaints with Dean Spanos' policies over the years is much too long to include here. Our concern was what forms his complaints took, and could they be misinterpreted? What we were looking for was evidence of unquestionable passion and emotional pain within Jack, and there was no better place to find that evidence than with Jack's son, Jay. After several attempts, we were finally able to meet with Jay and his wife, Colleen, who does the heavy lifting for the Jay and Jack Network, as far as editing, uploading, troubleshooting, and promotion for several of the shows, as well as being a podcaster herself. Jay and Colleen, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. We wanted to get a few comments from you on Jack's battle with Twitter over his Crackpot Jack account being banned. From the conversations we've had with Jack and others, including the RCAD guys, it seems like the root cause of this controversy is Jack's passion for the San Diego sports teams. You grew up in San Diego. Were you or are you a fan of the San Diego teams in general? And if so, did your dad sort of lead you in that direction?
3: Um, I mean, yes, to a certain degree, I guess, because that's, you know, what was on at home. But the other thing is, growing up in San Diego, like, all my friends were Padres and Chargers fans. Like, it was... Uh, So, you know, maybe the... the the weight falls on Jack's shoulders or it doesn't um, uh, to a certain extent, but I can't put the full blame on him because, uh, you know, it's just, it was, uh, you know, they went to the Super Bowl when I was at a young age and the Padres into the world series when I was at a formative age. And, you know, there was great players like Tony Gwynn and Junior Seau that all these kids, my, fe- my friends, we all looked up to. So I, I think, yes, it's partially Jack's fault. Um, but also I, I it's, being a kid, being a hometown kid that rooted for the hometown teams. And that's just part of uh, my personality. So absolutely, it's partially a swap. I'm not going to put it all on him. It was my choice, too. Uh, I had other family members that rooted for different teams that I could have went with. But as being the actual native San Diegan uh, in the equation, uh, I feel like I maybe even have a greater right to uh, be a San Diego sports fan than Jack, who is not a native San Diegan.
1: Would you say you're as passionate about it as he is? No.
3: Uh Well, you know, you can, Colin you t- you tell me.
6: I think that you have other interests and a better coping mechanism.
3: It hurt just as bad for me, but I didn't have as many years behind it. And, and seeing the effect and toll that it has had on Jack. Even now, even now as the Chargers left and it's like he, the uh, the like jilted lover or the obsessed ex. Uh, but luckily, luckily I, I had uh, my Padres, my first love. If they left too, then I, I don't know what I would do. But luckily they're sticking around for a long time.
1: Jay, you used to co-host the Married Man show, now called Ramblecast After Dark. You've moved on, but did you listen to the episode where Jack gave the details of the dispute to his current co-hosts, Chris, Matt, and Nick?
3: No, but here's the thing. Like, I understand the Ramblecast After Dark happens. I jump on every now and then. But Jack and I still talk fairly regularly, especially during the baseball season, at least every single day, uh, over text and whatnot. So... I heard the full breakdown several times either you know talking to him when I'm at the house or at a birthday party or over text or whatever. So I feel like yes, the the Ramblecast boys you know got the full rant there. Jack's my dad, so this just my that's my everyday normal life uh, that I get to hear uh Jack's rants. I mean really. Uh, that's you all, why
6: you don't listen to the Ramblcast.
3: Exactly. That's why you all find it entertaining, but that's just that's just my life, man.
6: <laughs> it's just my life. <laughs>
3: which I don't mind because I want to be a good son and and be there for my father when he's in need.
1: You've shared the podcast, Mike, with Jack for hundreds of episodes over 20 or so different titled shows since October of 2005. On one of your podcasts, you mentioned one of Jack's worst personal experiences since you began podcasting. Let's listen to that clip right now.
3: I have seen my family put through hell, and the worst moment I think I've seen my dad is when they lost in 2006 to the Patriots. We have, like, one of those rear-projection big-screen TVs, and Jack is on his knees in front of the TV, like,
6: Why? He does still rewatch that from time to time.
3: Yeah, it's like, was it, was it doom porn or whatever? Whenever he,
6: <laughs> Doom porn, it's whenever he wants to feel things. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Now, how does his being banned from Twitter compare to that charger loss for Jack, in your opinion?
3: I think the Twitter account, for sure, seems to be one of his most frustrated. Uh, you know, he was... He was so happy-go-lucky in the Lost Podcast days. It's, it's really taken a, a turn post this whole Twitter banning thing.
1: So previous to the Twitter ban, you saw no signs of an angry Jack during your many hours of podcasting together?
3: No, no. He was America's sweetheart uh, For as far as the Lost Podcast is concerned. I was the bitter one. I was the cranky one. He was cool as a cucumber.
6: You were Bitter Jay.
3: I was Bitter Jay. He was Handsome Jack. And, uh, yeah, something happened. I don't know if it was loss ended and, and then the Chargers left San Diego and just so many things, uh, left him. And I think maybe that's what made him finally stamp.
1: During our visit with Jack, he said he had gone back and forth with Twitter, trying to get them to understand the context of his tweet and pointing out his rule abiding Twitter history. What's your opinion on his continued attempts to clear his name?
3: Justified, I would think, you know, I, I. It, especially like track record and everything, like he should be able to to appeal, and it's kind of a bummer they didn't let him appeal.
6: It's amazing, you know what he should have done? What he should have um, tried to incite a nuclear war, then he wouldn't have gotten banned,
3: <laughs> right? Or
6: <laughs> there are standards,
3: uh, a parent like right, and and so that's why I feel like if you could call like you know character witnesses, I would have loved to have been a character witness for him and say, listen, yeah, he didn't mean it. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a shame because the world is uh, deprived of Jack thoughts on Twitter.
1: Colleen, I'm wondering if you found out about the ban while editing that episode or at some later time.
6: So I found out about the ban at the birthday party. Yeah, we were at Jack's grandson's birthday party. No, granddaughter's birthday party.
3: I mean, he texted me immediately when it happened, but I think it was at the party maybe he told you.
6: That's when I found out, yeah. I think. I feel like I might have known. I don't always pay attention at this point when I'm doing a lot of the editing and whatnot, unless Nick or Matt tells me to go pay attention for some, to something. Uh, the first time it was really in my periphery was at the birthday party, and we were standing by the pool, and Jack was just beside himself with indignation, just bewilderment.
1: And your reaction?
6: Uh, I just was like, what? Okay, first of all, honestly... You you
3: didn't care.
6: (laughs) No, at first I was kind of like, what the hell? I was like, the fuck? This doesn't seem right. And then I was kind of like, yeah, this is a very Jack thing to happen. I mean, it is like the uh, Glattfelter curse. It is a
3: very Glattfelter thing to happen. Right, The like Jack Gladfelter thing.
6: Right? If somebody's going to get mad for that. Right. That joke could have been made 4,000 times the same day before him, but Jack would be the only account. Yeah, exactly.
3: It. Exactly.
1: Jay, can you speak to Jack's, well, let's call it his dislike, of Chargers owner Dean Spanos?
3: I think that's how he channels his frustration. He wants to still be a Chargers fan. He still watches the games. He still has Chargers hats and stuff on his walls unlike myself and some others in my family where were like nope you're done we're moving on he still wants to be a Chargers fan and i think the one thing keeping him from being that is Dean Spanos. And so the hatred that is towards him is because that is the one thing in the way in how he's justified in his mind from being a Chargers fan. He even says now, if Dean Spanos sells the team, he will be a Chargers fan again, even if they're still in LA or anywhere. So that's his deal with the devil that he's made. And so if that does happen, then he can just admit that he's been a Chargers fan all along. He still watches the games and hate watches them. He says hate watches them. He really secretly likes them still. And uh, and I think that would let him take them back. Thanks
1: again, Jay and Colleen. We felt it important to speak to Jack again since the surprising, almost shocking opinions shared by his RCAD partners and the personal insights from Jay and Colleen. We contacted him by phone and asked him to comment. As you'll hear, his emotions are still strong on the subject of Dean Spanos. Yo, yo. Jack, thanks for speaking with us again. We were told that even though you've been a lifelong fan of the San Diego Chargers, you're not fond of their owner, Dean Spanos. And you especially took the team's move to Los Angeles very hard.
2: I have been a fan longer than all of you have been alive. The Chargers were there for 56 years. People had season tickets for 56 years. They've been in San Diego longer than I've been alive. And I'm old. This is how Dean Spanos told the city that he was moving. He sent out a generic letter with a one paragraph thing. Hey, we tried, did the best we could could get get stated, hey, but we're excited to move to L.A. He didn't do a press conference. He didn't get up for the press and say, hey, we're sorry. He just skipped out of town, and he's done more interviews in L.A. than he ever did in the 30-plus years he's been in San Diego.
1: That's unconscionable. Jack, can I say something? No one is doubting your love for the Chargers. Did you ever tweet anything that could have been mistaken as a threat?
2: Can I say something? I never said, I hope you die, Spanos. I never spelled out fuck.
1: Perhaps you used the shortened version?
2: F you, Spanos. That could mean anything.
1: We had our statement from Jack, so we didn't feel the need to antagonize him any further. We wound up the call by asking if he had any new plans that might help him get reinstated with Twitter.
2: I'm ready to call the news and say, hey, what the fuck?
1: If you do, Jack, please remember to mention our podcast. As we release this episode, both of Jack's accounts are still banned. But his YouTube channel, Crackpot Sports, is doing well. He has well over 2,000 subscribers, and that number is growing nicely. If you'd like to support Jack's battle against injustice, go to Crackpot Sports on YouTube and subscribe. If you can help him grow his list of bad actors on Twitter, direct message him on Facebook. Until Crackpot Jack returns to Twitter, however, you'll miss out on his ever-popular commentary during football's biggest
2: game. What's going to happen for the Super Bowl? You won't get my great tweets. Nice catch, fumble. The whole Twitter world's going to mess out on that.
1: This true crime podcast parody could not have been made without the help of the following. Thanks to all of you. Executive Producer Jay. Get to know Jay better at his YouTube channel, Geek, Dad, Life. Executive Producer Colleen. She keeps the Jay and Jack network chugging along. Colleen also served as casting director. Chris and Nick, co-hosts of the Ramblecast After Dark podcast. Their words were their own. Matt, producer and co-host of the Ramblecast After Dark podcast. Almost all of his words were his own. Jorge Garcia, IGN, the television show Lost, and the ABC Television Network. And thanks to the following for their music. Take Me Out to the Ball Game is Public Domain. and was composed by Albert Von Tilzer. Ardent by Pratt Zap and the microphone check track Follow Me by Vendretti are both copyright-free for YouTube content creators from the YouTube Audio Library all other original music written and performed by Kevin MacLeod, that's M-A-C-L-E-O-D, and licensed under Creative Commons 3.0. You can find his music at incompetech.com and his YouTube channel. In chronological order, his compositions were Sneaky Snitch, Morgana, Almost New, Darkest Child, and Adventures in Adventureland. Thanks to all of the Jay and Jack patrons, especially Tack, Eckhart, Maggie, Joanne, and Ed. And of course, none of this could have happened without Jack. Subscribe to his YouTube channel, Crackpot Sports. Thanks for being such a good sport, Jack.